0: Hey folks, how you doing? Welcome to Game Over. My name, my name is Max Martin with my co-host Eric Gags, Game Over Gagne. How many, how many nicknames do you have, man?
1: Uh, just just gags game <laughs> over that's good that too is good
0: <laughs> we're we, 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 episode 10 you know this is kind of our anniversary I man episode 10 episode 10 is was a, a big like milestone for in the uh, podcast world uh i think i think simon who's uh, who's producing the show with us i can, can confirm it i think one percent one percent of all podcasts reach number 10 so uh, hey one percent man there you go that's there you good go. baby exactly. steps baby steps baby steps just like you know just like being a major leaguer man you know you, you sign that's thousands right. of guys and you know that one percent like, makes it to the major leagues so we're like you know there we go major league uh, podcast baseball i mean anyway one percent uh one percent reaches seven Here we go man step, it's, uh, it's exactly that, that. we're on a roll man we're on a roll, and you know it's funny because I, I I was looking at our, at our intro on the screen and it says you know eric gagne the pro and it says maxim martin uh, the comedian so is like, man, I'm, I'm the king's fool. It's what it looks like, man. It's like, yeah. you know, <laughs> I feel like uh, Welcome yeah. to the podcast. If you're wondering, uh, for those who follow us on a weekly basis, or bi-weekly basis, because we're on a, every two weeks uh, in English, we alternate with the French one. Um, the uh, the studio is not the same as, as usual because it's being renovated. Uh, La Poche Bleue, congratulations, just got uh, bought by uh, Playmaker, which is a huge uh, podcast, um, what do you want to call it? Just a content uh, strangle. Kind of
1: sports content.
0: Yep. Exactly I think they're third in the world So we just moved up man Exactly we just, yeah, We've been uh, We've been bought out man After 10 episodes
1: really a Great job
0: You exactly. guys did a great job awesome. So they're remodeling the studio So in the meantime I, I'm getting the small room So basically right now I look like a, a 55 Well I say 55 53 year old Man who lives with his mom And got banished to the basement To do his geeky podcast Because she, she doesn't understand What it's all about So that's what I feel like man I feel like I'm being punished or I'm inside. I feel like I'm in jail right now. Actually, this is my community service. This is how I get back into society by making a podcast from uh, myself. How you doing, buddy? Good. Very good. Thank you. How have you been? i've been good you've been fasting i talked to you last i called yeah. you last night and you go, and then uh, we hadn't talked for about i don't know three four days i was on the road with my kids i went to see a couple of baseball uh, baseball games um, mm-hmm. in the states but uh, so i called you up last night when we got back in and you, I go, and you go hey man i've been fasting that's the first thing you said to me yeah. i've been fasting for 48 hours man i just drank some water and some shitty whatever uh bouillon, bouillon yeah.
1: chicken chicken broth broth I mean, unbelievable i've never had that much broth in my life it's unreal
0: and uh, what's the reason so, behind yeah. it? it's just it's that's well, not, not the first time you're always on the health every time i talk to you you're like you're on like a different health kick
1: well i'm trying to get better that's all i'm just trying to get better trying to find different ways but that one's basically for a colonoscopy i'm 47 years old so i want to make sure i want like i'm all healthy and everything so i did a 48 hour basically a liquid diet water only and then chicken broth or whatever beef yeah. broth and me and my wife
0: we did it together so we both had a wow. colonoscopy this you know, morning if- For all those (laughs) couples listening to us right now, you know, wonder how can we spice up this relationship of ours that's a little stagnant right now? How about we clean our asses all together at the same time? Come on. Hey,
1: couples that do colonoscopy together, stay together. (laughs) Let's
0: print that on a T-shirt and see how many we sell. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be be Uh, curious. How many do we sell, man, just with that line? uh, It
1: was was actually, it wasn't that hard for me. I mean, yesterday I was getting a little, uh, little angry and hungry and uh, but my wife my wife usually eats in the morning i don't eat because i fast usually i don't eat till i probably two or three and i have a big meal and i might eat some snacks late at night so it's, it wasn't that hard during the day my wife was so mad so mean she was so hungry she Are you okay, man? oh my god i'm good we're good we're made it through yeah. so stay in the garage know, man lock the door
0: something. stay in the garage and just yeah, lock the open. door dude
1: <laughs> it was pretty good it was awesome so we did that this morning and uh it was uh, it was it was an adventure to put it that way just uh we did that yeah. the doctor was laughing he was laughing his ass off because we came in as a couple right next to each other it was it was pretty interesting and then uh we just basically we had each other's to- like everyone has their own toilet because you're 48 hours is being on the throne for a long time so that was interesting but
0: it feels Would good you now. guys a be weak. texting to each other from the toilet oh, how are you yeah. doing honey oh, yeah. i'm thinking oh, yeah. about good. you i hope you're doing well <laughs> don't come near me don't come near me gun's hot <laughs> man you made a plan there that's funny when you said the doctor's no. laughing his ass off while you're getting a colonoscopy it's so a big,
1: ba- uh, yeah and he's like, i'm a big baseball fan i like, just just put me out man just put me out
0: <laughs> what do I mean, they put, put you out, you, out there? Did you have to be put out to do a colonoscopy
1: you get put out for everything just, just put me out just, i don't want to know what's going on here i don't want to know I, I go to the dentist i get put out i'm like just put me out really i'm like, like oh yeah i don't want to know what they do i just like put me out just let me sleep and do
0: what you need to do come on you're so, supposed to be like you know this tough ex-professional baseball player absolutely come on. not
1: no i'm t- i've had enough surgery to know that i don't need to be awake for any yeah. of it
0: yeah exactly i can just picture, picture your doctor's your office well mr gagne what we need to do just shut the fuck up just put me out man do yeah, whatever you have to put, do and just, just like put know. it
1: up there and just let's just take the pictures that's it
0: yeah so i want to i, I want to salute my mom because i just said the f word and uh, she'll text me later on i love you mom i know but you know just that's $1. exactly but he, I, 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 eric's on my case too to, to to cut out the F word but you know that's what I like so about you said up, you,
1: like it. so you said you went a trip right you went to Buffalo what I else, went to Buffalo. else did
0: you go? I went to Buffalo I went to Syracuse uh, we, were to, uh, we were supposed to go see um, we we're supposed to go to see see the Guardians in Cleveland and then my daughter got a contract uh, so we had to come back early and uh, she was she was shooting uh, something um, a commercial or something not a commercial but anyway and um, but you know I mean every part every, every time we have a baseball trip we see more games. We see more minor league games than we do uh, major league games. I mean, we love the you know, we love the MLB games, but it's something special. I just never get bored of those small stadiums, small cities. Well, I mean, Buffalo's a big city, uh, but I mean Syracuse. I was surprised Syracuse is, is is pretty nice. I'd been there once, like in the winter time, to go see a hockey game, but I was like in and out. But I mean, we had fun after the game. We went downtown. There was a, there was a Cuban a music festival. Uh, we just walked around with the dog, and it's just like you know, everything was perfect. The ambiance at the game was amazing. And, I
1: all the stadiums? Are they pretty new stadiums there, or yeah. older?
0: New. Well, well, well in the Buffalo, it's the uh uh as, as Silent, Silent Stadium, oh, yeah. which is like yeah. one of the old ones that they you know, which is amazing. I've never played there. I've never played no. There, so. And one, um, wanted-
1: everything I've done, play was all at West Coast, like Center or West Coast. I played AA yeah. was mid like middle America a little bit, and then West Coast. So. That's right.
0: You weren't in PC. You didn't play that much in AAA
1: anyway, did you? No. No, I, I was up and down for three years. I was uh, basically I. I, never, I went from double A to the big leagues, and then for three years I was up and down, and uh, it was either in New Mexico, in uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico, yeah. or Vegas. I was on the PCL league.
0: No, I was going to ask you that because I, I was watching the game, and, uh, you know, I mean, some of, the, some of the players I knew, obviously, you know, some of the up, up-and-coming rookies and stuff, but, you know, some of the guys I was looking up, and I could see guys who were, like, 25 and 26 having, like, pretty good stats, you know, but are going to be blocked upstairs or, like, you know uh, – I, I forget his name. I, I think it was Danny Sheeman, who's a second baseman, shortstop for Columbus, who's the was actually the uh, AAA farm club for uh, for for for, the, for Cleveland. He's twenty five. He's twenty six years old. He's batting two ninety three. He had like twelve homers, uh, over fifty RBIs, just about twenty stolen bases, which is a pretty good season in AAA, you know. But you're thinking when you're twenty six, is he going to make it or not? Then I was looking at, the, at these other guys, or like um, I forget I forget this guy's last name, but I mean uh, he's twenty five years old. He's batting two thirteen. You know, lanky tall first baseman pretty strong but I'm thinking if you're batting 213 at 25 years old is this your last year in AAA there's something romantic sad and beautiful in, in the triple a team i find uh, jose peraza who's playing for i think uh man i used to be in my fantasy baseball league team because he had a pretty good season now he's down in triple a you know is is that what triple a is all about this melting pot of up and coming guys are grabs well, you're know, holding on to it's the game changed, it's
1: changed a little bit it used to be where basically it was all your insurance guys I mean, you mean, know, guys like a lot of a lot of big prospects was in double a a lot of your yeah. big arms and big younger guys were double a and uh then your triple a guys was more like the guys you pay a little more to your insurance guy guys are a little more that like you can actually i don't want to say mess with but you they have options you can send them up and down and you know they want to affect them because they're a little bit older yeah and that's the, that's the hard part of being a minor leaguers i mean you always hold on you get to triple a you're like oh, i'm almost there like one more year two more years three more years but you're 21 22 that's uh, that's okay when you get into 25 26 27 you're mortgaging your future i mean you're taking so much risk you have nothing else after baseball most of us i mean yeah you might have gone to college but you're out of college for five six seven years you're out of the market your job market and everything you you know you have nothing to fall back on so that's kind of it's hard minor leagues are hard that's that this is the underbelly of the beautiful 20 30 million dollars a year that you make in the big leagues those guys are making i don't know now it's the salary's a little higher but you don't make a lot of money you're really mortgaging your future and it's tough. So these guys, like we talked about, you know, independent league, love of the game and all that yep. stuff. That's 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 pure love. That's basically you hold is. on to that dream. You hold on to that dream and it's it's a tough life. But uh, you know, it's it's guys that make it. I've got guys like Paul Laduca that I played with me, uh Matt Urges. These guys were in the minor leagues for nine, ten years. you know, you're not gonna really? see that as much. Yeah, nine, ten years. I knew what was what urges up was. Up. I didn't think Laduca was. I think it was up uh, I yeah, thought Leduca. it was up when it was twenty six, twenty seven. It's like nine years, I think, something like that. It wow. was a long time and then he okay. established himself. But those are good stories. Those are feel good stories yeah. and those are those are guys that if they don't make it, I mean, you go back to what? You know, it's, a, it's another subject we're yeah. going to talk about like.
0: But you know, we opened that door several talk. times and I think we should, you know, next time, you know, we we, we got more time just to to talk to you and I is um I'm so sur- I'm 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 sad that and that the uh, the PA, the Players Association didn't get involved with with the uh, with the minor leaguers uh, or unionizing so, so I can say it Man, I think my French accent really came out strong. Unionizing, anyway. But I mean, and now you know that you know that there's like not a collective bargaining agreement with the Major but you know, like you said, they raised the the the, the wages, the conditions, the living conditions, and stuff. What, what's what's Major League Baseball's response? Fine. You know, guys want to play that game? Then we'll cut out a number of teams. We'll you know we'll take the draft from 50, from 50 rounds to 20 rounds. It's fucking sad, man. You know, it's, it's yeah. It's, it's, uh...
1: You know, at, at least it's put that way. At least now with the NIL, the players are going to have more options. So it's going to be where, yeah, you yeah, in college, but
0: not in the not in the minor leagues. I
1: understand, but that's where that's where it's going to change. That's where basically you're going to start making money earlier. Hopefully, they're organized that way. And it's sad because I mean, you look in Florida. Florida did they passed a the bill now that baseball players, minor league baseball players, are not even have the right to labor law. Like you, you have, hmm. you have no right. It, they don't. They don't count for a minimum wage, which is, to me, it's like an insult. I mean. Why is base, minor league baseball players not allowed to have the labor law? I don't get it. Now we're in part of MLB as part of the union now. The first year, so it's going to be interesting to see the changes. They're already allowed more. I mean, they are already paying for now housing a little bit. Yeah, but they're still, paying for. Yeah, it's just. You're, yeah, I mean, you're going from nine thousand a month. You're making nine thousand a year. 9000
0: to 9, yeah. twenty-eight thousand. It's well, you no, know, it's it's tough. You mentioned it. I mean, NIL is going to change the the game. Uh, a lot less kids are gonna sign out of call out of high school unless you get drafted in the first maybe what two three or four rounds. You know, I mean how much how much you make? If you if you get drafted in the fourth or fifth round, you still make like six figures as a sign in bonus? You still make a hundred grand? It all depends. It all depends if
1: you have offers in colleges. It all depends the
0: leverage you got.
1: I mean if you're a yeah. Juco guy, it's different to, it all depends on the team as well. Yeah. I mean the first top five rounds you're good. You're set. Not not set, but you're good. After that, I mean, it depends. It really depends on the team, and it depends on how much money you're looking for, and if you have a scholarship yeah. offer. Now, like the guy Jeremy Pilon had a good scholarship offer with Alabama. He signed with the Rays, so
0: it's 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 not easy. It's I know. You are surprised by that. You, you keep bringing it up, and you are surprised by that.
1: Yeah, I'm surprised a little bit. I mean, good for him because I mean, you're going pro, and you're a young kid. You're going. We you want to go pro, so it's going to yeah. be. I'm I'm happy for him, but it's going to be interesting to yeah. see. How it changes the game now with the NIL and if the guys stay longer in college. Because if I'm a college player, I'm getting drafted in the 15th round. I'm out. I'm not doing this. I'm going to college.
0: And hopefully, they, you know, they, the guys can get compensated better yeah, But for the not, not everybody's going to benefit from NIL in college also unless you're a star. Not, not,
1: in that, not in that current system. But they should. what they should do is they should do an overall system where it's a, it's a pool and then they pay the players. That would, be, yeah. that would make sense. See that's own, what I love about player. you, man.
0: I love your human side. You know, you want everybody to be uh, making money and stuff, and just you know, and, no,
1: and, just and, not making money, but just don't take advantage of them. It's not about making so yeah. much money. But when you're a minor leaguer, you're a professional baseball player. I mean, there's 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 seven hundred fifty. I don't know, probably fifteen, uh, probably three thousand people in the world. We're the best of three thousand in the uh, baseball players in the world. Not just in the region three thousand in the world yeah. you should get compensated for it i mean and i think yeah, as it's a, a
0: career choice also you've made the choice of this is going to be my living so can i live can i make a living doing what i want to do you know
1: just a nor, just a fair living i mean not just like you don't have to live in your car you don't have to mortgage your career yeah. your life for this i mean you don't have to eat peanut butter and jelly i mean it's it's not easy people don't see that we talked to uh uh Tim Dillard. Tim Dillard is a, is yeah. a minor league lifer. He, he played in minor leagues for seventeen, eighteen years, and yeah, he made decent money. But you know, it's not easy. It's not. It's not. No, no. His love for the game was his paid.
0: food, man. I mean, that's all he got. Yeah, you just eat, that, you you know, how he just. That's how he stayed nourished, better. man. Because I mean, he told yeah. us the whole story and stuff, but. He, and I love the way you're so dedicated to like you know the cause of players. Like you said, you know, I'm I'm not just saying that because we're co-hosting and you're my friend. I mean, I've, I think it's really admirable. Man, every time I talk to you, you involve some kind of like you know way to get like you know equality for all the players and you know to 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 like you know uh, share all the earnings and stuff. But If, I look, at a a a, if I look at the history of if, if I look at the history, not of just sports, of course, of all sports, but if I look at the history of Major League Baseball. The owners always find a way to beat you guys I understand. up. I understand. No, it's sad. I'm, I'm pulling I, for you guys. You know what I
1: mean? put it that way. We don't care about the ownership because they're there to make money. If, <laughs> if players understand that, that's fine. But take it that way. So make sure you put position players in position or put a, a system in place that they can be, they
0: can be treated like normal yeah normal uh no that, that was my point they did and what happened they cut down the number of teams man and yeah, they're going to cut then, down the amount of players you again do, next year turn
1: around and make sure the independent league is well fed make sure the independent league yeah. is well run. just do it that way we talked about it independent league is beautiful you need to re- do co-op that make it where the, the money you save in you know minor league system throw some money for independent league get a little more solid base because it's tough i mean Minor league minor league is tough but independent league just to run an independent league team is very very difficult because yeah. there's no money I mean you're going you know game by game I played in One Nashua I and mean, they had a tractor on the home plate they put a tractor because they didn't pay the bills so I'm like what's happening here and then a year later <laughs> there's a really? different team Yeah because they didn't pay the bills, because they had don't no money to the pay the I don't laugh. The image is bills. just
0: too funny, but I mean, like,
1: it's it's hard. It's very hard because that's sad the sad part. It's America's pastime, right? you know. It's America's pastime, and they're letting it run that as a business. Yeah. It's not. It's not a business. It's a passion. It's a religion. It's it's a you know. It's important to sustain it because I mean, there's so much history. You don't want to eliminate that history. You don't want to go and like, oh, we're just not players in the minor leagues are assets. They're not expenses, and they're seen as expensive. They're your future right for
0: going out loud. They're your future stars. That's what they are, man. So, you know, we've said it many times. We're think, not going to stop saying it. Just think, take care of them.
1: And I think with social media now, we've seen guys, post guys, and, you know, being in cars and living in bad places. Yeah. That's what players, players need. Show, expose that. Just show it. This is not normal as a major league, as a professional player, to be doing this, this, and that. That's not. I mean, there's. don't get me wrong. The dream is amazing. When you get to the big league, it's amazing. But you don't play more than three or four years in the big leagues on average. I mean, that's not a lot of time. You don't make a lot of money. You're, no. You know, you and you get there. You think you're going to be a millionaire. You think, you, then you get hurt and you're done. So you know, it's it doesn't last very long. So I think it's it just makes sense for me, just to make it where you're you a pro baseball player, get paid like a professional. Don't get paid like a a sub or something. You know, sub subpar people. Like like uh, it, you know, it's crazy. And if you read, <laughs> if you read the uh, the Florida thing. Uh, the bill
0: that they pass. It's going to make me mad, man. I'm not going to read it. Just oh, tell me. You know, it's it's going to piss me M-I- off.
1: Man. My league baseball players are not allowed, you know, they're basically, they're not allowed to basically have a fair wage. They don't count. And clowns. And clowns. And part time babysitters. That's it. I'm like, this is crazy. Well, that see, we no got sense. two out of
0: three on the show. We got, a, we got the baseball player. Yeah. We got the clown. Yeah, we got, we'll get a well, and, and the clown. And Simon's right kind here. of our babysitter. So, uh, <laughs> hey, let's in a good mood, especially since our guest today is just an amazing man who actually, you know, you're just talking to him, puts a smile on your face. I mean, he embodies everything we just talked about, everything that's supposed to be good about the game, everything that's supposed to be pure, everything that's just genuine, just like he is. Man, stay tuned for the next couple of seconds. I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm giddy. Can I say that oh, he's I'm kind of giddy? Oh, yeah. I can't wait to talk to him, man. I'm a, I'm such a huge fan of his, man. Billy's with us. Stay tuned right now because we're talking to him in about ten seconds. You know, you know what I like about you know I've been a fan of yours forever. I, I mean, I, I, I listened to you and I, I, like religiously almost on uh, Team 990 with uh, Mitch, uh, Mitch uh, Melnick, which, which I've known for a long, long time, and, and, uh, I, I, you know, I, I think. I think there's only one real true law of life, a rule of life, to, to have a healthy, long life. It's like just be happy and careless. Am I right? I look at you and it's just, uh, I don't know, it's, it's just there's an outpour of just carelessness of like, hey, every day's a great day.
2: Every day is. Make every day your masterpiece. John Wooden, the basketball coach at UCLA. Yep. You can do nothing about the past, but in the present, you can do really well to make the future right.
0: I'm taking notes.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. You got a lot of notes right here. Yeah, no, hey, those... hey. <laughs> now, just, you know, it's crazy because I've known you. We did a, well, we did a movie together. Well, we did a movie about you, Spaceman. And uh that's so amazing because I'm a huge baseball fan, as you know, I'm a huge expo fan, as you know, and just to get to know you, i mean i've kn- I've heard about you, heard a lot of things, crazy things, amazing things, funny things, and the way you've traveled the world and everything else. and we did that movie and I didn't know how amazing you were I didn't know how you know, very, very smart of a person you are. And I think you're very misunderstood. And, you know, I wanted to, you know, there, a lot of people ask me, what is it like to be, to meet him? What is he like? And to me, I was like, man, this guy is just misunderstood. He has so much knowledge, so much understanding, so much love for the game. And people don't know, you've traveled the whole world to play baseball. And that's, got, and that's kind of what you do. You're, you're an ambassador of the game. So tell me where the best, the best place you've played baseball, not, not Major League Baseball, just the best place, the most
2: fun you've had in baseball. Wow it was a Quebec City I made an unassisted double play <laughs> Stefan big guys Stefan had a ball down the first baseline I back backhanded it the, the runner froze I tagged him and stepped on the bag and everybody goes they couldn't believe it and I went you're only as good as your last appearance uh-huh.
0: <laughs> that's pretty and much it for everything one. in life yeah it that's is. People. You know, it's funny you mentioned yeah, Quebec City because I went to see the uh, capitals from the uh, of the Frontier League uh, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, you know what? I, I, there is something very special about independent ball. You played with uh, the Savannah Bananas and stuff. I, I don't know. I think they found a way to get closer to the audience. That not the coldness, because I'm exaggerating, but I mean, major league baseball, uh, you know, has has a good job to do to like reconnect with the audience, especially the younger audience. And I think independent ball is doing it the right way. It is.
2: Uh, it's the Frontier League. You know, it, it was in Evansville, Indiana. And that's where my aunt, where they made the, uh, a league of their own. Yeah. It was the pitcher. It was, she was based on her. Uh, it's, it's just something about independent ball is people that are rejects and they're <laughs> making an attempt to come back. And they love the game as much as I do. We're all—it's—it's—it's it's, it's a Japanese word. It's uh, kikajumi. We're all pottery that's broken, and the the Japanese they put it together with this enamel, and we're all fixed again. So I'm still playing. I'm seventy six years old, and I'm still playing. And I. Uh, you know, I'm I'm on the DL though on the Savannah Bananas, the, the dead list. <laughs> a... Well, just tell the l eight like, people don't know about it. But you
1: did you have a heart attack in the bullpen about I don't know a couple like four or five months ago?
2: I had a hotel episode. Uh-huh. <laughs> <You know? laughs> There was a great, uh, Rube Waddell, Waddell, the great left-hander, Hall of Famer for Philadelphia Athletics back in the old days. He he got arrested and he got suspended for a hotel episode in Detroit. And he told his manager, he said, and the commissioner, there's no hotel episode in Detroit. (laughs) So it's like I did not have a heart attack. How do you have a heart attack in Indianapolis and throw the ball up in the air when they say I'm not going to pitch again and ran away from the paramedics, (laughs) high-fiving everybody in the stands on the way out of the ballpark? I'm telling you, if I had a
0: heart attack, it was a (laughs) mild (laughs) one. It's exactly. It exactly. You're representing everything I said at the beginning, man. Just like that carelessness. I'm pretty sure you could have one and still pitch five innings and go. Ah, I can't wait all around. You know, I got. I got a three on the with the savannas. I think the yellow uniforms might have. You know, might might be responsible for a few episodes of you know dizziness and you know and passing out and just. There.
2: Both times I had incidents, there was electrical storms around. It was 90 degrees with 90% humidity. Indianapolis, the day before, they had a derecho. A derecho is a 100-mile-wide storm that goes west to east and knocks over corn, and every tree in the NCAA building in Indianapolis got blown over. So when I go down, it's pretty dramatic. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'd
0: be disappointed otherwise.
2: (laughs) Uh, oh. Hey, well, tell don't us a worry
0: little, about me.
1: Hey, uh, tell us a little bit about your, your good friend Don Zimmer, because I've read a little bit about it. Tell us a, bit, a little bit about the episode that you guys had together.
2: Because I think it's a really, really cool story. Here's the best. The best. <laughs> he gets uh with the Brooklyn Dodgers, he comes to LA, plays third base. My dad takes me to the Coliseum, and he falls in love with Don Zimmer, the third baseman, because my dad's a third baseman. So now he's managing me, and he goes, he was, I love Don Zimmer. How come you don't get along with him? I said, do I get along with you? He goes, you got a point there. <laughs> In other words, third baseman, I don't like many third basemen. You know, they they usually, uh, they take the ball off their chest, they pick it up and throw it to first. That's about it, you know, and it's, it's a hot corner. But you got to realize Zimmer is a gambler. Okay. He always bets on everything. Really, and uh, he's from Cincinnati. Pete Rose is from Cincinnati. They're both gamblers. Everybody in Cincinnati is a gambler. There was a guy named jo- uh, Ulysses S. Grant. Yeah, And during the wilderness campaign during the Civil War, he said everybody in Cincinnati should be hung by the neck until dead because when we leave town, they're trading with the Confederates on the other side of the river. And that's where Procter & Gamble is. It's all about, it's merchandising.
0: It's funny because I think this whole interview is going to be her podcast, going to be opening doors and going from one door to the oh, yeah. other without even following a straight path. And those are the best. You mentioned no, Cincinnati and Pete Rose. I got a simple question for you: Does Pete Rose belong into the Hall of Fame? I say yes. I say yes. He's in the Hall. Of-
2: I did a. I did. A, if you look at ESPN two back in two thousand and four, we had a trial of the century. Could Pete Rose be in the Hall of Fame? We had a judge. We had Alan Dershowitz and Jim Palmer on one side and me and Johnny Cochran on the other side. And we won and we, to put P. Rose in the Hall of Fame. And the jury agreed with it. So it's been done. It's settled. <laughs> that. As Casey single said, look it up. <laughs>
0: Man, I know, if you I, I, you know, it, ever since the podcast has been on, this is our 10th episode. I couldn't uh, think of a better way to uh, to celebrate it. But, uh, you know, obviously, you know, we are a bit of nostalgia on every episode, you know, being from Montreal, and even though Eric's in Phoenix, we all know, you know, how much baseball meant to us here uh, as we were growing up. Obviously in you played for the Red Sox, which is like, you know, obviously like an institution, but there was something special. Tell us how special it was to play in Montreal. <clears throat> wow.
2: Hey. When I came up, I drove up, and I had my best friend with me, and I didn't have my working visa with me. It was already with the ball club, and the border guard saw me, and I had a lid of marijuana in my pocket here, and he goes, you better poke that in. Those people inside aren't gonna really like that, and so I got my papers. I came to Montreal, and I won the job, and I won 16 games. I love Montreal. I was offered $3 million to go to Atlanta after 1979. And I stayed in Montreal. Wow. And John McHale said, I will pay you what you're worth. And I found out later, he paid me one-third of what I was worth. <laughs> guess Business. what? Business. I don't play for money. Well, we can so tell. I'm can happy. Tell. As
1: you're you're this, the definite you're the definition of love the game.
2: Thank you. Thank you, Eric. I I do love the game and uh I want it to be better and and I think the bananas, what I'm doing with the bananas is glorifying being happy. We're fan first. Hmm. There's children here that come up to me and they just dance with me. It's uh it's it makes me so happy just to, to watch baseball, you know, the way it's being presented now. And I think Major League Baseball has adapted to us. They they've sped the game up. They're starting to run yeah. more, and I think their fans are coming back. So this Jesse Cole, the guy who founded this team, mm-hmm. is on the right track. Yeah, you
0: mentioned Major- love of the game. Let's let's. What, what did you love of your era? Even though, you know, you've been playing forever, but, like, what, what what do you think was a key part of the game on or off the field back in the 70s, 80s, early 90s that's missing in today's game, and vice versa? What, what did what changes are, or what is happening in the game now that you would have seen happen, like, 20, 30 years ago, 40 years ago?
2: Well, I'll tell you. It was more competitive in a... A way that the commissioner wouldn't let us talk to one another. We were fined $250 if you were caught with the other the other opponent. Really? I think there was more tena- tenacity, more knockdowns. It was like hockey. I like hockey. <laughs> and, and I think we should, we should do away with interleague play. I think we should do away with the designated hitter. That's a form of specialization. It makes cowards out of pitchers. <laughs> you know, and now pitchers are all—they're double tapping when they throw, and they just don't let go of the ball. There's a lot of psychological problems that have that have come in in the 70s, and 80s, and 90s, and now with the cell phones, they're all looking at their cell phones right there, right there, and right happen. we are always looking at their hands, and uh, we've got to get rid of that. And play the way we did back now, they're starting to run more. Mm-hmm. Baseball's good, it's it's getting better. Don't worry, I think we'll be fine.
1: Yeah, baseball is in a good place, and like you said, there's a lot of changes. What a crossroad where the fans, you know, it's the game has been, uh, you know, they're making more money than ever, but the popularity is, is getting lower. So, like, they had to make an adjustment. And I think the changes like the Savannah Bananas, the guys, what you guys are doing, just the growth of the game. Basically, just introducing new stuff. Like, there's a lot of things I didn't like. Like, I don't understand the bases. I don't understand a lot of things. But there's, you know. Here we me, go again with the bases. I just don't get it. I just don't understand that why is it bigger. I don't get that part, but whatever. I mean, that's another it, it, that's it, for another time. That little
2: bit of four inches or three, it's actually six inches. So, when you're sliding in, you put your hands on the other side. Yeah, it's tagging. It's it's uh, It's interesting. Do away with I tell you what. Do away with instant replay. I love the fallibility of the umpires. I love the fallibility of humans. And I like uh, Lou Lupinella getting thrown out of the ball game. I love him when he got thrown out. I would rather watch five minutes of Lupinella than five minutes of people in New York trying to make a decision. I agree. I agree. I mean,
1: I think we we, we watched it now, the robot umpire in AAA. I mean, that's another thing coming up. That's going to be interesting to see how they bring that in. Because, you know, they're going to bring it in. It's just a matter of time. But it's yeah. going to be interesting to see how. I was how there this weekend. I was
0: in Syracuse stuff. last weekend. And the, uh, the, the player now can actually call a timeout or a review of the pitch. And they actually show the pitch on the big screen. I had a I had a discussion with the, with Eric about it yesterday, and he just went out of his mind. Obviously, because you can't show up the umpire like that, you know, make it a closed meeting and just give the right call. But it was, and I, I felt bad for the poor guy with the mask, man.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I do too. I, I mean,
2: uh, Go ahead. I love the umpires, especially in Montreal. I would rub up the balls with them with that mud before mm-hmm. the game. They were sitting in their jock straps and their and their and their underwear, and I'd rub up the ball, and they give me the two inches. I get two inches on one side, mm-hmm. and I get two inches on the other
1: Yep, that's what they're, so, they're
2: going to miss that. They're going to miss that relationship. They are going to miss that. And uh, artificial intelligence is not good. It's not good. Well, the way cool. I see it
0: is the fact that, you know, I think you guys on the field build a relationship with opponents or with umpires or whatever, but I think – You know, when you get that extra inch, when you get that call, that close call, it's a sign of respect. It's something that, you know, you've been in the league for 10 or 15 years or whatever, you know, the big names, the big stars get that, you know, that that call going their way once in a while. And like I said, to me, that's a sign of respect. It's a sign that you earned it. You're good enough for that much long time, for for, for a long time, you know. The machine won't know the difference. You won't get that, that human factor with a computer.
2: There's an old story of Roger Hornsby. He comes to the plate and this rookie pitcher throws the ball, and the umpire calls it a ball. The second pitch he calls it a ball. And the kid's upset. The umpire goes out and he goes, "That's Roger Hornsby. He'll let you know when it's a strike."
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Cool. I love it, and, and and unfortunately, I think these little things, these little anecdotes, are being taken away from the game as f- the further along we're like, you know, And imagine if you're an umpire, the nervousness of being, you know, questioned after every pitch. You can't even get into a comfort zone.
2: I know. I, I come to the National League and Harry Wendelstedt's behind the plate, and he's a Dutchman. And the thing is, I'm crazy and everything else. First pitch I throw against the Cubs, right down Broadway four inches above the knees, and he calls it a ball and then he looks up at me with his mask and i smile at him Carter throws me the ball back i don't even take my sides. i throw the next ball in the same spot with a little sink i get a crown ball to short one away and i looked at harry and i just got the ball and cape on dealing and i end up winning that game two to nothing i beat kruko got a base hit and I went. You're never gonna make. You're never gonna make a decision to to beat me, Harry. That's a. Bit, <laughs> that's how
1: you fit. Yeah, that that's what the yeah, big, the big, big, the big, big part games gonna be. I'm saying it's respect for each other. I think I mean umpires do that. They understand that. Okay, you've been in the league for so long. Personalities. That's what's gonna. we we're, we're trying to talk to Joe West and talk to him about like the new changes and everything else. They're kind of weed out the umpires. What. I think it's a big mistake. I think you need that inner human element, that human error, yeah. and that relationship and the control on the mound. When the pitch is not called, you don't show up the umpire, you be respectful, you understand. Of course, you're emotional. That's normal. But I think that's what's going to be the lack. I mean, people control their emotions of pitchers or their hitters or whatever. That relation is going to be a lack of, you know, that's going to be missing, I think, a lot. And like you said, watching Lupinella getting kicked out every game, that's fun. That's entertainment. <laughs> I think it's fun It's beautiful.
2: Right, if you were- to err as human. Yep. To err is human to forgive divine.
0: Man, I keep taking notes on every answer you give us. It's just if like, you if know. you're a
1: commissioner, let's say how about this? If you're a commissioner for
2: one day, what would you do? What would you change? A couple of changes would you make? What would it be? Oh, I'd get rid of uh, interleague play. I no, would so. get rid of the designated hitter. Mm-hmm. You know. Those are the first two things I would do. I read a book, in 69 by Arbuck Mr. Fuller, called uh, Operating Manual for Spaceship Earth. He's a mathematician from Southern Illinois. I beat Southern Illinois in the championship game to win the College World Series in 68. Wow. In that first chapter, it's called Comprehensive Propensities. Two words that you've never heard together. It means rely on yourself. Or Jiminy Cricket said it in Pinocchio. It said To thine own self
0: be true. Love it. In the first. This is the first, man. We're getting we're getting a quote from Jiminy Cricket. What else do you want on you're a podcast? Run on a pencil. You're gonna have to get a bigger pencil. <laughs> I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to watch the podcast again and over again. So uh, I wanna go if, back to if, uh, I wanna go back to if
2: you're gonna run the planet Earth and you're driving the car you know you're driving the car like that in your glove compartment you've got to have an operation manual and buckminster fuller wrote it if any of your fans reading there if they read this book it'll start them on the road to recovery love it i don't know recovery from what i don't know oh we're all recovering <laughs> we're from, recover something. from something we're always recovering from something you know so i uh, thought this podcast we're all gonna need recovery something. i know our list is pretty <laughs> long man
0: it's actually not a podcast i've never met otis
2: dixon yeah. oh, i man. played with otis dixon for five games you know it's <sighs> dick gregory the comedian saved his life really Yes, and Dick Gregory, the comedian in 76, saved my career. He drove to my house in Belmont in a brown Rolls Royce, and he gave me this food formula that he invented called the Bahamian Diet. They sold it in GNC. You take these 30 pills in the morning. You take these other 30 pills at night, and it takes all the stuff out of your system, and it cures you. It cured him of one disease and it cured me of another. But it's amazing. He and I had chills. We hugged each other for five days. You know, he's good friends with Shaquille O'Neal and he wants to do some stuff. He wants to do a podcast with me. This podcast is a culmination of me with Bill Walton and uh, it's good. I think I'm good for baseball. You know, it's just that baseball, the owners, I'm not what you call an economics guy, you know, because I play the game for nothing
0: yeah but that's pretty rare also it's funny you mention it because uh you know since we've started a podcast I've been you know cheering for the Orioles you know I'm, I'm an orphan since the Expos left every year I try to find a team I'm gonna get myself attached to last couple of years I've I've loved to to see what the, the Orioles have done which is you know uh growing their own talent you know not making those big splashy contracts that we see for the Mets and Yankees aren't working out at all and I just love that anyway that's a different subject but I was reading today, you know, the owners comes out. It, 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 they're just about to cheer and feel good about the season they're having, about the playoff chances they're having. First thing he says is like, well, we might have to raise tickets by a lot to keep the nucleus going. Is it, is it really is – it, is, it, is it is it that hard for small markets? Is there like is, – is the middle class and major league baseball ownership gone or is it just an act? It's
2: gone. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah? It's,
2: it's, it's, it's tough. We're, we're in a road now when la can dictate who they get or anytime they want you know and that's not good
0: and uh, that's right eric it's not good
2: oh i agree <laughs> I, I
1: totally agree i mean when you're when you have the top five paying the bottom five basically to you know to do whatever there's you know with the revenue sharing that's kind of that's what it causes i mean that's an effect when you start paying the money down and then they're going to get the same votes they're going to basically be the same people so it's a I don't know, it's it's going to be hard to really fix that because the money is such a, it's such a big difference now. You talk about the money, you talk about analytics, you talk about everything else. I mean, there's now the streaming. It's going to change again, but if they're not ready to change to make it fair for everybody, like the scouting system and everything else, every, each team is different. And when you have, you know, the Dodgers have unlimited funds and you, the Yankees have unlimited funds. And you go to Pittsburgh, going to Baltimore. Baltimore are doing amazing right now, yeah. but it's not sustainable. It's going to be a three or four or five years. And then after that... Gonna be like the expos. They're gonna have to sell. And Oakland, we bash about Oakland, but if you have no money, if you have no way of getting the players, you know, in there, how to pay them? How are you gonna sustain that? It's not gonna be very, very fun for the fans, and you lose that. You have a core fan base so the top five or six teams, and then the rest is kind of all right. It depends. It's all too cyclical. So I think there's something to do where there's got to be a way to do where you fix that because there's no way that's sustainable.
2: It's not, and. It's, it's, I like Canada. Uh, I like it because you guys are sane. You have a system where you're all confident because you have socialized medicine and you're born and that's off you. And I think America is just too damn competitive in that respect. And it's, uh, that's another issue. You know, that's the yeah. economics of baseball. And I don't like to see it, but you're right. What we're talking about is, uh, the haves and the have-nots, but remember Claude Brochu was given money because we didn't, we were a lower class team and the, he did not put the money back in the organization. And then the commissioner took the game, team away from us. We were, we were that way, you know, and I, I just want the Expos to be back in the national league where they belong. And, uh, I don't want Oakland to come here, though. That's for sure.
0: No, they're going to Vegas. You wouldn't, want, you wouldn't want to see the Expos in the East to be playing playing the Blue Jays? I know, to me, the, the, the Expos belong in the National League also. But, I mean, it'd be more sustainable if they were in the East, you know, by, because of the rivalries and the big clubs like the Yankees and Red Sox coming up. And, you know, we know there's a bunch of fans from those two teams in Vermont and New York and the Maine and New Hampshire would make the trip to the city. So, Okay, bring Oakland here. <laughs> I'll give that up. Man, that was pretty easy and convincing. I would have gone on a different path altogether because I think it should be talked about too, especially with kids nowadays. I'm especially... an Oakland boy, you know. I played against all those
2: guys. Frank Robinson's an Oakland boy, Joe Morgan, you know, Bill Russell, McClyman's High School. All those kids I played against, you know, they're all Hall of Famers. And Oakland Oakland has such a great history. I know. You know, of baseball that people don't remember you know they don't advertise it because finley it was all finley this and finley that but they were good you know as much as i hated finley you know he was good for the game in that respect
0: was he because i mean just the way he treated reggie jackson to me was a shame you know what i mean it's like uh hey
2: he didn't pay them all but then you, you didn't have to pay anybody in 72 73 i made ninety-five hundred dollars, you know and i had a second job and i joined the army they drafted me in '70, and I, all three of my children were paid for by the United States Army. So, times have changed, and we've got to evolve and adapt. And I think we'll be fine. You know, I think America is in total turmoil right now. Yeah. You know, not just the weather and everything else. And uh, you've got a ex president being indicted, fourth indictment. I mean, it's unbelievable. And you've got people. You just thank God I married Canadians. That's all I gotta
0: say. <laughs> yeah, that's you can bad. put on both sides of the fence, man. The both sides of the fence is the best yeah, way to I'm go. Saying, I'm, I'm uh, yeah. I've got those I'm dual even tonight. my all get
1: <laughs> I'm dual citizen, but that's funny because that was my next question because I want to talk about your political ambitions because I was reading a little bit about when you ran for I'm not sure, is it governor?
2: I ran for president like, in 88 against Bill In 88, how about that, huh? How yeah, did that come The from? party Why'd Rhinoceros, you... Jacques Perron, University I... of Montreal. Uh-huh. We are not sheep; We're rhinoceros. <laughs> we know which way the wind blows. We may be myopic. <laughs> you know, we don't see too well, but uh, we got thick skin.
0: <laughs> love it, love it. That's Jacques Perron, he was great. I want to talk yeah. about, uh, like I said, let's... Um... You know, we all we all know your views on marijuana. You're a marijuana user. You've always, you know, talked about it. Uh, I used to smoke, and uh, you know, it's legal in Canada. It's, you know, it's, became, it's become legal in the states. Um, I never understood why it was it was on the forbidden list of of of, uh, of most professional sports, especially baseball. I'm not saying I'm not, it's not a way to encourage people to say do what you want to do. I think the best way to solve or to take care of, of a problem like that is to surround people with education and options for re- rehab or people to talk to. You, you're not going to prevent people from taking drugs, but then again, there's such a difference between PEDs and marijuana, especially nowadays when we see all the medicinal, you know, benefits from CBD and all that stuff. You know, what's your views on that? How should baseball handle it now that it's pretty much legal in in so many places?
2: You got the in ecuador you had a political guy shot in the back of the head because their gangs are there because they moved out of colombia and everywhere else so you realize that if you legalize it and control it like in holland you know everything will be fine but as long as you have it as a illegal substance i was on the cover of high times magazine when i came to montreal They interviewed me down there in in Daytona Beach. And they said, Bill, we heard there was a drug problem with the Red Sox. I said, most definitely, fellas. They've been abusing nicotine, caffeine, and alcohol way too long. And they got to put a stop to it. They go, no, we mean marijuana. I said, I've been using that since 1966. They go, you have? So the next day in the headlines, it says Lee smokes pot. The commissioner locks me down in Daytona. I got Art Fuss, the drug czar under Nixon. I got five lawyers. I have no defense. And I'm down there being interrogated about smoking marijuana. And I said, I never smoked marijuana. I said, I used it. And they go, what do you mean the headline said I smoked it? I said, Bowie, the headline writer is not the same guy who wrote the article. Why don't you read the article? So they read the article and the lawyer starts snickering and looking at me. And I said, does it say anywhere that I smoked it? And the lawyer goes, no, Mr. Lee, it doesn't. And he said, I use it. He says, well, how do you use it? I said, well, I live on North Daytona. I'm on the beach. I I put uh, organic buckwheat pancakes. I got all my kids there, I make them pancakes. I put an ounce of marijuana on top of my pancakes. I eat it, then I run six miles to the ballpark. And when I get there, I'm fine because I'm impervious to all the bus fumes. And they go, <laughs> Booy goes, I'll buy that. I go, I got a bridge in New York for sale too. You know, and uh, that's that's the story, you know. I I got the letter from Bowie Kuhn. I have it framed in my house. It says, we're fining you $250 for using marijuana as a condom. So I've got it right there. <laughs> hey, I was way ahead of my time. Spent. Louis Tiot used a liniment of marijuana and rubbed it on his arm. He used to bring it after the game and milk his arm to get the the all the uh, stuff out of his arm back into his heart so he'd recover a lot faster. You know, the Chinese in ancient China, three thousand years ago, when someone died, they put marijuana seeds in the grave with him. You know? We're stupid.
1: Yeah, it's just it's it's just a stigma. It's just a stigma of
2: the drugs. It's a, it's it's a, it's know, it's the marijuana is a it's it's. Uh, I agree. I mean, you can, but I have never heard of anybody dying from a marijuana overdose. Exactly. You know? no. uh, yeah, you, have you seen watched... Chong, the Labr- the Labrador <laughs> Retriever, ate Cheech's uh, stash one time? He had to follow it around for two days. <laughs>
1: Oh, well, that—that's happened to me. My dog. I forgot is those stuff.
0: movies, man. I gotta watch. I gotta chichin Chong soon, man. It's I like know, up and spoke. Oh man, I what? played
2: Chiche Barin, Cheese Barin and I played basketball every day on Wednesday night in '76 in uh, Malibu. I lived on the beach with the band and uh, Levon Helm and Robbie Robertson. No way, really? Family. Oh yeah, I lived there. I used—I was the locksmith for the Stars. I used to change the locks. I locked uh, Bob Dylan out of his house. Uh, the guy who rented Shacklin <laughs> Rose, uh, Ronnie Woods, oh and uh, James Arnest, the rifleman, or not? No, that's Chuck Connors. I didn't lock him out. Hey, I'm—I was Malibu Locking Key. If you're going to get a divorce in Malibu, you call the sheriff and you call me.
1: <laughs> I love it. Hey. <laughs> Hey, Bill, have you seen the movie, the, the Doc Ellis documentary, about him pitching on no, LSD? No, I haven't have you seen that. Wow, this is unbelievable. He pitched high on LSD like he's literally on LSD. So that would be, that'd be unbelievable. Have you ever pitched on anything but marijuana in a major league game? Uh, no. No. No.
2: no. no. That would be crazy. No, I Absolutely. Well, greenies. I was on greenies once, and yeah, I got yeah. the living yeah. snot kicked out of me. I'm <laughs> not a greenie guy. But I did yeah. beat the Mariners stoned out of my court. But that was easy. They suck. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's classic. Hey, I beat Catfish Hunter on six beers. You know, it's like some of us can pitch well and some of us can't. I mean, Grover Cleveland Alexander's in the Hall of Fame. He never pitched a game sober in his life. Really? Look it up. Yeah. He was hammered all the time. Hey, Rube Waddell. Rube Waddell's in Detroit. He's got to pitch a game. They can't find him, and the owner and the manager go out in a rowboat, and they go out into Lake St. Louis or La- no, it's uh, Lake St. Clair, out there outside of Detroit. And there was Rube with a bottle of, a bottle of vodka, and he was passed out in the boat. They brought him back in. He was seven innings.
0: That's. Yeah. Well, you know, but I think it's part of the romance of the game also. You know, the Mickey Mantles of the world, you know, just showing up, you know, hung over. And having the coach, you know, knowing the, you know, the guy's hung over, he's pretty much about to puke if he has to run the first base. Sends him in the game, hits a home run, trots around the base smile on his face. I mean, nowadays, you know, players take better care of themselves. Back in, the, back in, in those days, back in your days... Was there social pressure to be, like, you know, not a drunk, but to be part of the party family? Let's say you were a quiet, clean guy. Would it be looked upon as as differently as today? Obviously, Hey, we
2: had the thumpers. We had the Bible thumpers. They all had the thing. We had all the stoners on one side, you know. Hey, the three teams, the Pirates, the Phillies, and the Montreal Expos, there were nobody higher than those three teams. And really? they were the, in the in the 70s, they were the best teams in baseball in the National League, go figure, you know? So what the heck, it's, <laughs> we're fine, don't worry about it. We all have an addiction that's greater than drugs and it's called baseball. And that's oh, yeah. how I, I, I view myself. You know, I don't, I'm, I just, all I do is I play baseball. I played six games, I didn't die. I've had a great time in Quebec. Now I've got to go back. I've got three days off to fix my road after the hurricane or the, the tropical depression yeah. was over. Then I fly to uh, Des Moines. I fly. Actually, I fly into Chicago. I get picked up at seven in the morning. I drive to Field of dreams. I give a speech there for about 20 minutes. Then I drive to Iowa city to the hospital and I, I do a dance for all the little children in the hospital, the cancer ward. And then I go to Des Moines, and I'm on the field with the bananas. Then, the next morning, afternoon, I fly back to Burlington, and I pitch for the Burlington Cardinals in uh, Montpelier. So, hey, I'm on the road all the time. I'm like the Expos. We're on the road all the time because someone took our
0: home away from us. Oh, man. And, oh, God, that's beautiful and per- and painful at the same time, just uh... – and I'd love to, you know, mm-hmm. we talk about it almost every episode, you know, just, I don't know. I want to cling on to something that makes me think that the exos will come back. I just, and I don't think it's part they of They have the- to.
2: They have to. I believe the commissioner will listen to me. I believe now, uh, uh, what's the girl that wrote uh, The the Last Boy? Uh, and she wrote the Koufax book. Uh, she's a fame. she was one of the first women allowed in the clubhouse. Jane uh, Levy. I don't know if you know Jane Levy and stuff, but she's one of the great writers. She's one of the first women ever in the clubhouse. And she has the commissioners here. And women, as Mao said, Mao Zedong said, women hold up half the sky. So, you know, if you get a woman like Jane Levy out there, she's gonna push yeah. getting Quebec. I told her her main thing is to get Montreal
0: Back in the major League. But the problem is it's coming from our side this time. The politi- p- p- politically, it's it's, it's it's pretty much a dead project. But uh, It's so negative. It, so hey, hey, it's
2: not a dead thing. We have to fight forest fires. We have everything else. When the fall, when the bananas end in Cooperstown, my goal for the rest of this year is to get – well, first I'm going to save Rickwood Stadium in Birmingham, Alabama, the home of Willie Mays. We're getting. Major League Baseball gave them $50 million to fix it. And I'm going to go down there in October and help them fix that roof and fix the lights and get Rickwood Stadium back up. I believe in revamping all of our old stadiums and keeping them going because that's the tradition of baseball, you know. And these independent teams, which we talked about earlier, This is the key. These are people that love the game, that want to keep playing for nothing, and they're playing their ass off for us. And I would rather watch an independent game or a college game right now than watch the major league. Wow. That's a big statement.
1: Bill, I know you don't have a lot of regrets in your life because you live one day at a time, and every day is going to get better and everything, but what is your biggest regret? I mean, because you're super talented. Everybody remembers you for – everything you say, everything, but as a baseball player, you're an amazing left-handed pitcher. I mean, people forget about that because everything around it, but you're, you, you I mean, you could have been a Hall of Famer. Is you having a big regret in your life that you wish you would have done
2: something differently or say something less or more or whatever? I wish I had dropped my glove in 76 during the brawl because I lost the grip on the guy that hit the ball. And then I got thrown on my shoulder by Nettles and lost my fastball. I believe if I had dropped the glove, I would have had a good grip on him and I never would have been thrown on the ground. And, uh, yeah, I, I regret that. And, I re- you know, there's not much I regret. In life. No, I was going to say. I think there wasn't that much. <laughs> yeah. But that, that, but I think that much that's why hanging curveball to Perez remember that
1: you know uh-huh. in game
2: in game seven I had the lead I had a two nothing lead no I had a three nothing lead and he hit the home run and made it three two and then we end up I end up getting the blister on my thumb and uh where's my thumb <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> but I got hopefully, you, hopefully you only I, have I, two of them, the have index. Two of them. So <laughs> I was bleeding on the ball and I walked Griffey and he walked and that was the tying run and Yvonne Belanger was my trainer in Montreal. And I did the same thing in the first game, my pitch against the Cubs. And he came out and cauterized it with a silver nitrate stick. And I ended up striking out three guys in the last three innings with a great breaking ball. If I had had Yvonne Belanger in Boston, we win the World Series in 75. Really? So I regret that too. It's a, it's, you run into people in life that save your career. And that thumb right there, wherever my thumb is. That's right there. See it. See, I can't even. (laughs) The thumb is the most important thing on your body, your big toe and your thumb, because that's where the ball goes. I'm a Cunny Thumber. I turn the ball that way, it goes that way. I turn the ball that way, it goes that way. I could not throw like Eric. I could not throw hard like him. But, boy, I could pitch.
0: I gotta add, If we're going to go that way too before we uh, we let you go is uh, you know f- the fondest memory. I know I know the list is pretty long. It's one of those unfair questions that's always you know tough to ask but you know I mean one of many if not the fondest memories of you know playing in Montreal just because th- 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 you know, I find in life it's those little moments, it's little anecdotes that people don't hear about that kind of like you know make you smile when you think back of the uh, of, of a certain era. Oh Playing with all
2: my kids last year and 55 and over in Arizona, and then going after when I was declared or fell on the mound and they thought I had a heart episode. Six weeks later, I end up going nine in Arizona, winning the 75 and over national championship, going two for four. You know, after being thinking I was washed up and stuff. You know, and you know, I just the. All these memories. I mean, I have tons of them. My aunt being there with my father my mom and everything in Little League. Going to have a, uh, a Foster's Trees, a mall, and having my dad and all his players. My dad played for Scotty Drysdale, Don Drysdale's father. You know, I'm a baseball player. My grandfather played for the California, or in A. My aunt played professionally for eight years in the League of Their Own. And I played all this time. The only one that didn't play pro ball was my dad. And he was Don Zimmer's buddy, you know. <laughs> if, if that's the case, then I always said to my dad, he said, my dad said to me, he said, Bill, you're a prima donna. You know what a prima donna is? Yeah. You know, in Italian, it means number one dancer. You know, I told my dad, well, I'm number one somewhere. So <laughs> That's it. I love it hey Bill thank you no so regrets. much and I- Bill, I think we, I,
1: we I've done a movie on you and spacemen and everything but I, we need a reality show because baseball needs a lot more of you they need more you know because you're a baseball lifer you're an ambassador you're a guy that really makes people smile you bring baseball like the real old school baseball the love of the game all that stuff I said earlier it's just it's amazing and I want to say being thank done. you thank you appreciate thank you. It, was it being done the I guy love who it. helped
2: <laughs> you with the movie. The guy who yeah. helped you with the movie yeah, was Brett. Josh Dumont. Brett. Brett, yeah. Not Brett. The other guy oh, uh, Shelt- produced Shelton. Not is Shelton too, but there's another guy in there. Oh, He's boy. got I got, uh, I got power. the the old thing right here. I can't remember which one, but that's awesome. They have they've already proposed that I have a show. Uh, it, you should basically a two year show with all these little episodes that you're reading about in the book. And they've got a guy that's gonna play me. Uh, supposedly, he's from New York City. He's about 55 years old, and he's a good actor. So, it's That's in cool. the works. I don't That's own a cool. TV, so I ain't gonna see it.
0: <laughs> well, you'll hear about it for sure. And uh, like 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 Eric <laughs> said, you know, baseball needs more Billies. I think I think life in general uh, and everybody kind of needs I'll like say, a- the
2: owners. The owners and the commissioner think I one was enough.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey thank you so much It was an honor and hopefully next time we can do this in uh, in no, person uh, just you. to I, shake I'm your right hand
2: here or... in quebec. i'm the only well you're in quebec and i'm in
0: yeah, i'm in montreal he's you're in Laval. 100...
2: <laughs> he's wearing black he's in a black room and it's 106 he's gonna absorb <laughs> a lot of heat
0: <laughs> well, I'm all you guys. Thank you. <laughs> thanks <laughs> thank bill thank you so it, much man. talk to you guys soon
1: thank you so much my man
2: <laughs> my wife just came in. She's here. Uh LRI her for me. that's the
0: that's the best punchline to to, here, the uh, to the end of a segment.
2: Come on the screen. She's not gonna let you look at uh, it. Like, uh, she, she fell down and lacked my gun She had the Hells Angels of uh of Quebec
0: City. She had a one on one with
2: her. Space, <laughs> <fan> <laughs> <me> a, space <laughs> Man wine. Space Man wine.
0: Love you guys. Love uh, love. Right. Take, Take care. Buddy. Thanks so much. Wow, man, I just don't know uh Where'd he go with that, I would have right? I, I taken like three more hours. Three more hours, I would have taken like, I'd take a seminar, man. I just, I don't know. I oh, just, just, just want to go to the desert with Bill Lee, you know, oh, yeah. and just, just let him, listen to him talk. We, you want
1: know. To be, we want to be around a campfire and just listen to stories because yeah. it's like he's got so many of them. And it doesn't do justice to, a, you know, 45 minute with him because he's unbelievable. Like the movie I made with him, the Spaceman movie, it was just like a little, it was one week of his life. Literally one week, and then you know, we could have gone four or five hours on that movie. I mean, I, I love that they're going to do a uh, reality show on him because he's he's so interesting. He's super smart, very m- misunderstood. I think he says what he thinks all the time, and then it's yeah, yeah, it's pretty. But crazy. you know
0: what? In in any sport, it's never it's, it's never well seen to like you know to speak your mind. You know, I mean, it's it's it amazes me. Like you know, you talk you talk to people, and they say ah, oh, whenever you know you ask players questions, they always answer the same thing. Well, first of all, they're always being asked the same questions, and what, what are you going to say? You think. You know, and, 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 and of course, you know, I mean, we all know what they're thinking and we want to hear the truth, but at the same time, you know, I mean. He's real. He's exactly. A real, real. And it was real, real 50 years ago. I mean, nowadays with social yeah. media, it's, that's it's a lot thing. easier to say what you're thinking, but him, 50 years ago?
1: What, yeah, he said he was ahead of his time. He's And right now, you put him in social media, like, he would be such a huge he, hit because, yeah. I mean, that's a guy that would love the game. He loves the game more than anything. I mean, he's been he's working out now just to pitch. It's crazy. I mean, he did have a heart attack, trust me. He had a heart attack, by, I think it was last year, and he had his heart getting done out. you know, it's, it's unbelievable. He just, I like mean, with Savannah Bananas, what he does now, what he's done in independent baseball, he pitched for Brockton, uh, I think he pitched for Brockton, he was 65 years old, the oldest pitcher to win a game in professional baseball. I mean, he went to Alaska, He played, I think it was Alaska, he played like a night game. It was uh, it, I mean he's been to Korea, he's been to Cuba, he's yeah. been Yeah.
0: But here's like- his? I mean his what? schedule like the way he was going about his schedule like I'm flying there, I'm flying to this place, I'm going to pitch there, I'm going to see the kids, I'm flying back to my- But I mean, I, you know I I think how do people like Bill Lee make it to 80 or people in general? It's just like you know, I think you have to wake up every day with that will of, you know, to do something. Yeah, I mean, it's,
1: passion. it's, he's passionate about life. He's passionate about the game. And I think he can't take the both of, you know, if you take the game out of base, you take baseball out of Lee, he's, he's not, he's not, he's not the same. He's, he's, yeah, I think he would not be here with us. Yeah. And it's the privilege to be able to talk to this guy. Cause he knows everything about the game, the good, a lot of bad, a lot of bad. I mean, he's done through a lot of stuff that, you know, that's why I was asking about the regrets and everything, which I love. He said, I don't have any regrets. I mean, there's a lot of th- stuff that he would have done differently. Maybe people have a sustainable career in the major leagues, but he did it his way. I mean, he did it his way. He went out there. He's honest with to himself. He's honest with everybody. No filter. And I think now, if he would have been the player now, I think people would love him. I mean, a lot of people would have hated him, but I think he would have been very, very entertaining. That's what content. But what's about. it
0: like? I mean, I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to think what what it was like in in, in the '70s, '80s when he pitched. Uh-huh. To, to to speak your mind if it was bothersome to 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 uh, the other players or was it more like at least one of us is you know doesn't give a shit and you know we'll say whatever he thinks and stuff I mean what what what, what are these guys seen like in the locker room you know like those free spirit yeah. you know is that something that guys rally around
1: yes and no I think there's especially back in the days everybody had to be stay in your way and don't say a thing everything everybody had to be you know cut the same yeah. way Especially admitting
0: you were smoking marijuana openly in the seventies—imagine!
1: But I think now, if you put this guy at thirty years old, you know, know, playing this game now, he would be a huge hit. I mean, because guys now, I think fans—we talked about it—the technology, the social media, and everything else. People love normal people. They want to—they want to be—they want to be able to like. Okay, they want to connect with them. And that guy—if you don't connect with Billy—I mean, you're dead inside.
0: You're dead inside if you can't connect with Billy. (laughs)
1: No, he's a he's a special person, and I think that's why I wanted to mount. Because, I mean, we could have gone forever. And he's just such a good person. He loves the game. Uh, he wants everybody to do good around him. He's he's just a good guy, and it's like you miss that. I mean, that's why you know to say, hey, bring the, you know, let the kids play in big leagues. That's a kid. That's a kid at heart. That guy wants to play baseball. He wants to laugh. He wants to have fun. And to me, that's what baseball needs. And I, I wish he would be present a little bit more because he's got crazy ideas. He's got a lot of knowledge. And uh, this is – those lessons he's had in life would be so valuable to the young kids now. Yeah. Just to guide them in, the you know, get the right
0: direction. But you remember – you and I were watching the uh, the Home Run Derby uh, together and um, from each other's living room, but we're, like, you know, uh, on, on FaceTime. And I think we brought it up a couple times how the, how the guys seem so loose – um loose young and mature at the same time pretty aware of what it's like to be you know playing major league baseball and with all the social media that goes around it but i also think for whatever you know the the, the bad sides of of uh, of social media can be and the pressure you can put on and you know the fact that you're the you, can, you can't make any mistakes. I mean, if that you know, imagine if they had social media in '70s or '60s or '50s. I mean, how many careers would have been exposed? I mean, I mean how many off the field careers or way of lives would have been exposed, and maybe like shortened like careers of like hall of famers. But at the same time, it, it was they're getting so used to being in front of the camera from like you know making stories on your cell phone for Instagram, whatever. That I think we're seeing like an uprising in goofiness, and and these young yeah. kids, despite the money, the big contracts. Being a kid at heart, being that guy, yeah. just having fun on the field. We're seeing that a lot too nowadays. Do you agree?
1: As much as I hate social media in a negative part, but it exposes people. You can't be fake nowadays because you're going to be somewhere. Whatever you say, social media, if you post something, it's going to be out there. So I think guys like Bill Lee would be loved just because he's so relatable guys like like you said, no one's perfect. We're all humans. We're all going to make mistakes. Yep. You know, miss, people make mistakes at their job. People make mistakes on their world stage. You know, when your world stage, it's a little bit different. But I think it's good. I like the exposure. I like that the Major League Baseball is trying to bring the, 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 the you know, the relatability, the relatable people like that, a guy like Mookie Betts, is super, like, outgoing, yeah. you know. That's what they need. They need that because you know, just a product on the field is not enough anymore. People want more. They want. They want to know what's going on with Mike Trout. What's what's going on with Tony when he's you know, how does he sleep? Stuff like that. These are all stuff that people want to know. We're curious. We're a very curious generation. I mean, you know, you talk about you know, uh, reality shows. It started with the Kardashian. Like, who would have thought that people want to watch guy people. Their normal life every day. Well, that's interesting. Now people just they get away, and I think a guy like this man, that's what he does. He makes people feel normal, like he makes people feel okay, very relatable. And it's like, hey, we're not perfect. Nobody is perfect. I mean, I've made a lot of mistakes, and if I would have known that the social media part, it would have been a little bit different. Maybe it would have been worse. But I think now, like, there's a, you know, there's a happy medium, yeah. of course. But I think now with the social media the exposure we get, and it really brings out the best of the best. I think the guys that have good personality can grow the game a lot, and this guy has a ton of personality.
0: You know, you know what I like is like every every wisdom. Why I mean every, every. I don't even know what to say, it, man. I and mean, like I said, I was I was making a joke about taking some notes, but I, honestly, I was trying to like you know soak it in everything he said. Right. I mean, he pours wisdom, is what I'm trying to say. Is like, but if the thing is like, you'll talk to certain people who'll say, you know, in life, and blah blah blah, and they're like they're like a fortune cookie on two legs. But you go like you're just repeating something you've heard, or you think mm-hmm. is the thing I want to hear, or something that makes you you know look like you know. When he spoke, you could sense that he meant everything. Yeah, everything
1: he said lived he's lived it that's the difference people like you know it's like book smart and street smart that guy is just he's lived the life he's lived the ups and the downs and he's got i mean he's got thrown out of baseball i mean he, they didn't want him playing baseball that's the reality i mean when he talks about the drug the drug the, the weed he was smoking everything yeah. else he made books about it but i mean that must have been stressful i mean to be ostracized like that it's it's not easy I mean, He wants to play baseball, he's trying to be himself, I and mean, he just a conflict of interest, just a conflict with him. It's like it's unbelievable, but you he, know, I, just I, don't yeah. But,
0: but at, at, he's, at, he's, at, he's, at he's, a certain he's, point, because I made the same mistake when I was in my 20s, you know. I mean, uh, back in the 90s, when uh, I was interviewed during my first tour, and someone said drugs came up, and but as a general question, like, it wasn't even like, you know, do you smoke dope or whatever, it's just like, you know, go. And I admitted, you know, smoking weed, and I became the druggie, you know. And, yeah. and and I always spoke out about certain hypocrisy in, in, in the show business. And in the meantime, you know, my friends were, like, you know, making hundreds of thousands of dollars on the radio, on TV. They played the game. And I'm not condoning it at all. Sometimes a, a big part of me wishes, you know, I would have been a little more wiser and and not as rebellious. But at the same time, you know, when you go to bed at night, you have to like, be comfortable with who you are and what you say. And once again, I'm not judging anybody. You have to go by your own rules. And as tough as it is, and, and when you're thinking, when we're talking about someone like Bill Lee, to do the opposite of what he really is like would have caused him. You, you talk about, like, you know, being out of baseball. I think it would have caused him, like, those, uh, you know what I mean? It's like, it would have been, I don't know. I don't see Bill Lee going to bed without being 100% true to himself
1: yeah and he's happy that's the thing i mean he loves the game he's happy being himself he loves and life man the, and people accept him that way and that's where the, the that's what i think that's people forget like we're not perfect and they everybody knows that but i think i mean us we're we're put on a pedestal like we're so um, some type of yeah you know we're all of a sudden we're different than anybody we're better than somebody we're not we're the same people we just have really good arm or a really good and our that's it other than that, we're not better decision makers. We're not better than anybody else, except that we're just we're playing a game for a living. We're really good at it. That's it. That's nothing yeah. different. And well, I think Billy is the exact perfect example for that. Like, hey, we're not perfect. We're not. We're not like. We're not. So you shouldn't be like, like uh, role models. We're hopefully we can be like people look at us. Okay, I've done mistakes,
0: and I'm not going to do it like Eric does. But you, uh, you can be a role does. model by admitting your by admitting your mistakes. Yeah, exactly. no, you can't be a role model. By trying to play the perfect game because that's impossible. Something's going to catch up to you at some point.
1: Yeah, you're being hypocrite, and I think he's being true to himself. He's being yeah. true to the fans, and I think what you what you see is what you get from Bill, and he's like that all the time. I, mean, I know it's crazy because you talk to him on the side of the street. He'll talk to strangers on the side of the street. He'll do yoga in the middle of the street, which is, you know, I'm like, what is going on with this guy? But, but he, he brings people. He brings the weirdos in, him and the weird. I like, guess just it's it's unbelievable. He's such yeah. a good person, and I wanted to play a game because that game was like you have three three words to describe yourself you know i would have been interested to see what how what he thinks of himself
0: oh man you should have brought it up i'm sorry man i I, I know just i wanted to do
1: that just kind of like because he's very misunderstood he's one of the smartest person i've ever seen
0: so misunderstood because i know probably back then being being one of those open you know saying everything out loud that everything you think out loud probably uh, you know played against him but i mean uh is that what you're talking about by me like you being misunderstood I yeah. think that's what, I mean, people
1: have misunderstood because he, he has a lot of opinions, which is not very welcome in the game. Now it's a little bit more welcome, but back in the days, it's just like, you know, shut it, sit there, do your yeah. job, and that's it. it comes Throw the ball shut the fuck up, yeah. Exactly. Now with social media, it's not controllable anymore. You can't control people the, the same way because I can go out, I can pitch a game, I can post about it, I can talk about it, I can have a conversation with my fans back and forth without even having the team or, the, you know, the team back in the days was four or five people traveling with the team the media that was it now i Forget can it. reach out to the media you know it's yeah. totally different i think he would have been a huge hit he would have been like a super superstar in, in the game today and uh maybe not like on the field but he would have definitely been a big huge hit on social media he was pretty good
0: on the field too you asked me a question i'm gonna ask you the same thing because you asked him if he had any regrets or if he would have done something differently <laughs> do you want to open should i open that door now or just um... go for it no, but I'm asking, like, you know, he was talking about, I, I, I didn't expect that, you know, if I would have dropped the glove and held the guy, I would have been injured, you know, we're talking about like, you know, and I'm not even talking to like the, the PED era, but I mean, in life venture in general, as a rookie, as something you said, so, uh, the decision you made, you know, that that, that was like, ah, fuck, I should have like, maybe, you know, or maybe I should have spoke earlier, you know what I mean? And I'm not, yeah. once again, I'm, well, not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. I'm I not do talk-
1: have regrets the way I handled the PED part, I, I did, I do have regrets, See, I didn't know how to handle it, I didn't know, I really had no idea how to do it. Uh, but of course I regret doing it, but I don't regret. I mean, I wouldn't change it, which is kind of strange. I don't regret. I regret the bad decisions I've made. Of course, I wish I would have made all perfect decisions in my life. That's just a given. I wish I would have been, I wish I had enough wisdom. But you know what? It's funny you say that.
0: I don't don't know.
1: But that's true. I really wish I would have done a better, or I would have educated myself better, or whatever you want to call it. And I didn't, I just made a mistake. But if you ask me, I wouldn't change like a bill. I wouldn't change anything because I'm at, I'm where I'm at now. I'm at peace with what I've done. I'm at peace with, you know, I'm I'm okay. It uh. took a while. It took a long long time for me to be feel okay with it because, you know, of course you regret it, you've been judged, you don't want to be judged everybody. You want it, everybody thinks you're good, the best, you're a nice person you don't make the, the mistakes and everything else. But it brings me back to Bill. That's why I love them so much because I've made mistakes. And yeah. I, I was hiding for I didn't know what to do and everything. He's never hiding. He's always been true to himself every time he talked about it. And I wish I would have had a little bit more of Billy in me. And that's kind of the regret man. I've got.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and actually, if, for those listening, you know, because we talked about it, like, you know, we we're going to cover that, you know, part of your career and life in general and even my drug use, you know, to you know, speak about openly. So I'm, I'm glad we kind of opened that door. And if you're listening, if you're, and if you're a big fan of, uh, of Game Over, we will actually discuss it. One well, day, I'm just you and I, I'm and just I'm go through the whole, whole process. Yep. Yeah, because yep. you told me a funny anecdote once. I'm, like, I'm I'm teasing people, so that means, you know, stay tuned for f- future episodes. But you said, well, I don't know if it was when I was in Phoenix with you or something, but you said something. I just fucking started my life in my ass. So I was like, really, man? You were that naive about, like, you know, what were you taking? But anyway, let's close that oh, yeah. door and just, uh, we'll, no, no, we'll talk about it. In the, the, and I think It'll the be best way project. you could have summed up uh, that episode was, like, you know, I wish you could have had a... A bit, a bit, a little bit more of Billy in me, and I think everybody should. Hey, usually we have the closer segment, but I can't think of a better way to close this show than exactly what we just did, and just you know, use Billy as as this diving board, just you know, to see life in in such a you know, a different. I don't know. I'm trying to find the right way to uh, to he's close a, this. He's,
1: true. he's a true person, true and real. Yeah. That's it. I mean, I, sh- I think me, we he's should he's- call
0: him back yeah. just to, for him to have the final words, because I can't, I can't, I can't. I can't. <laughs> I can't match up to what he said, man. You know, so, uh, hey, guys, thanks for being there. And right now it's uh, game over. Game over. Uh, If you want to follow us on social media, please do. On the addresses you can see on the screen, uh, you know. Um, And, you know, I love the way the podcast community has grown, man. I I keep hearing more and more about it. You know, what it's like to be in a podcast game. You know, everything starts slowly. Of course, when you're, you know, co hosting with with the game over himself, uh, things go. uh, grow a little faster, so thanks for all the good comments folks and uh, you know this is only the beginning we 're having so much fun and uh, you know let 's have some more Billy's on this show and uh, man i 'm still on a high from it i'm it 's not a pun it 's not a fucking pun i 'm not making that Wow man, but yeah, I mean, how can you not talk to Billy and have a little bit more of an uplift mm-hmm. in your mind is what i 'm going to say take care guys we 'll see you next time. take care bye.
2: Des strike traites, d'un pied avec des lunettes qui font peur La victoire est signée. Des